1: 516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
2: Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Got an idea for content? Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Or call 800-516-1220. Some of the top stories of the day include, but are not limited to, the U.S. reported a surprisingly weak retail sales. Um, The Fed Chairman, Janet Yellen, is going to talk on Wednesday and Thursday in front of Congress about the state of the economy. It's her semi-annual testimony. And she'll probably give some clues on interest rates. Fewer homes are in foreclosure than any time since the start of the Great Recession. Oil prices have kind of stabilized with news of an Iran nuclear deal. Greece has got a deal in place that they're going to be voting on on Wednesday. Far from done. That's worthy of note. China's got a bid. uh, A Chinese company's got a bid for a U.S. company. It's our largest DRAM maker for computers. 23 billion dollars it's a pretty audacious bid we'll see what happens there I'm fascinated the companies like FanDuel and DraftKings raised so much money so fast FanDuel's raised 275 million dollars in a round of venture funding um, but if you turn on ESPN if you're at the gym today you'll see commercials just non-stop for these two companies So they're doing what they can to get revenue going so they can bring their venture capital shareholder return when they come public, probably next year. Facebook is doing everything it can to beat YouTube in video. They're trying to uh, secure a licensing deal with major record labels so that they can get you to view music videos on their site versus on YouTube's site. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Let's bring in Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I was listening to a recent show of yours, Tony, and the topic came up about buying rentals. And it was a 1031 expert, and it was kind of confusing about you should always buy rentals and sometimes live in them and then buy rentals again. Tell me a little bit about who it was, what you were talking about.
3: Uh, Bay Area expert, 1031 Exchange uh, Services, uh, James Kayas. Uh, you can always go to my website, bayareloansource.com, and find that information out. But 1031 exchanges are, are a tool that investors can use to move profits or their, their taxable profits from one property to another without uh, assuming those taxes. Uh, and it's basically a v- investment to investment. And it, it, it's not just real estate. It's all other kinds of investments as well. But one of the tools that investors will use, for example, we the example that we used in um, – for the show was a, a lady had two properties here in San Jose okay. and she wanted to buy a property in Hawaii. So she was going to do 1031 exchange from those two properties, identify the property within 45 days in Hawaii, buy it within 80, 180 days and move the money over to that property. Then she what she wanted to know is how soon could she move into that property without as a primary residence? Well, the answer is basically one to two years it's uh, kind of what they call the gray area of this this whole transaction. But once she moves into the property, she will not pay taxes on that property. So what it is is a tool until she sells it or dies. Um, it's a tool that, that investors use to basically have other people pay your mortgage, build equity, and then you can transfer those taxable assets to another investment property and then move into it and never pay taxes on it. Keep in mind, that's a scenario that sounds
2: great. Yeah. It doesn't always go that well. It doesn't. And sometimes you'll get a rental and you don't realize, like, whoops, it's a little too far from jobs.
3: I could afford it.
2: I'm going to do it. And then you're like, you learn that it's the jobs that you need to get tenants
3: inside to pay that mortgage. To. In that case, maybe 1031 exchange over to a another more desirable area with well, higher rents. Yeah, so and, get, and you yes. don't pay the taxes on the sale and then you move it. You Basically, you're deferring them. And there may not be taxes on the sale to make. To make. Like, again...
2: That's the problem with real estate conversations. Is a lot of times the experts that are telling you how great of an idea it is, they're financially compensated, and the information comes out best case scenarios. Like I, I throw, I mean I'm a financial
3: expert, no, no, and I, I say backs out your get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. It's not for everybody, and it doesn't work in a, every single time. But it is a tool that that investors can use to do that. Time. Let's say for example, Rob, that you, you have a property. I and hate it you. when you do that. Say for example, you just went into salesperson mode. But go ahead, finish your thoughts. Let's say you have ten properties, okay. and the first property you bought is no longer and maybe the first two properties you bought are no longer desirable, and maybe they're not getting the rents, but you have some equity in it, maybe you even paid them off. You could combine those two those two assets, the profit from those properties, and move it into a more desirable property that has higher rents so in it, it, without paying the taxes so it's, it's like I said, it's a tool that can be used and it's available for investors, okay. I mean, it's essentially like that. And 1031 is just a code in the
2: IRS tax... Starker Exchange, whatever you want to call it. Starker Exchange is another word for it? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. So it's just financial code for the IRS tax code Mm -hmm. that allows you to move from property... uh, Move from rental... No, no, it's... I'm looking for investment property to investment property. Right. Like asset to like asset. And that's the kicker phrase. And why would you want to work with an expert in this area? Like, why not just... Do it well, the
3: law the law requires that you have an escrow company help you do the transaction. Okay, they're the ones who are actually monitored by the Fed, or uh, regulated, uh, to make sure that you're following the rules about identifying a property, in a certain period of time, and selling the uh, and then buying the new property and having funds moved from escrow to that property.
2: So my rental property in North Carolina, if I ever get a
3: hair up my hiney
2: and decide that I want it closer to me, mm-hmm. I could. Do a 1031 from that one that I've had for 10 plus years. Move mm-hmm. it to like maybe Stanford mm-hmm. um, because I have it in a college town. It doesn't have to be a college town. It could be a variety of like
3: consequences. Yeah. So, um, but it, and I would hire an expert to help me technically well, file. Well, you still need a realtor to sell your house, a realtor to buy your house. But in between is you're going to have an, a 1031 exchange company. Really? Yes. I'm surprised by that. Like I, I almost want to be able to do that on my own. You'd think so. Yeah. You would, right? Yeah, well, here in California, you use escrow companies to buy your house and sell your house and do refinances. It's the same type of thing.
2: So this man knows a little bit more about me on the fine details of real estate. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's Tony Mendez. Does a show here on KDOW AM 1220. Find him at KDOW.biz or his website BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. I always appreciate it eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Um business inventories rose three tenths of a percent in the month of May. Uh, not gonna help the economy. JP Morgan, Wells Fargo on the weaker side. Um JPMorgan Chase reported bottom line beat on below consensus revenue, and Wells Fargo reported an inline earnings, but on very, very light revenue. That will become more of a story as earnings season goes on. Um, that's probably a much bigger concern than almost anything right now on Wall Street. Uh, revenue growth. 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, there's an Uber for Kids company. Um, there's a kind of a crazy thing that goes on. Children now are getting in lifts and Uber. Parents are saying, hey, go to soccer with a Lyft driver or an Uber driver in some of the big cities. Is that a good idea? Uh, So there's a company called Hopskip Drive that's trying to come up with a Uber Lyft for kids, shuttling trips on California child care rules. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
1: You're listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we're talking about 800-516-1220. Um, Burger King is doing something that I find really, really creepy. Part of their marketing strategy right now is to spend millions of dollars for its mascot to attend VIP sporting events. There's a pretty good chance you'll see him sitting next to a celebrity at a basketball game now. You'll see him come out with a boxing, with a boxer before a fight. There's a chance you'll see him at a football field, um, maybe a, a sign or something kind of crazy. Whoa, <laughs> but it's brilliant. It's kind of creepy, but it's kind of brilliant because we're talking about it. And uh, I remember I watched that boxing match a couple months ago that everyone had hyped up and blah, blah, blah. And it was awful. And there was like nine or ten guys that were like, is that the Burger King mascot? <laughs> um, Not good. Not good. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. But again, if you talk about it, then they probably pulled it off, all things considered. Um, Google's taking their self-driving cars to Texas. Self-driving cars are going to be big. We all know that. Um, And even if it's not self-driving, we're going to see more and more uh, cars that can save lives. You know, I'm not saying that the DUI attorney is going to go out of business anytime soon. But down the road, 100 years, 50 years, cars should probably be built with, you know, sensors that stop you from driving drunk. Uh, We've seen the commercials during the Super Bowl of cars, you know, hitting the brakes when the dad or the child's, you know, not paying attention. And I think it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool. So uh, Google's sending their self-driving cars to Texas now for a little live-action road testing there. Berlin's got a brand-new rent-control law that's bringing down rent costs. That's the conclusion reached by a number of real estate sites from their latest figures. Barely a month, a month after the German capital introduced a new set of rules that limits rent increases within a given area, um, they're starting to see the average cost of New Berlin rental contracts has dropped about 3.1%. Now, that can't be written off countrywide. It certainly can't be written off as uh it, it could be misrepresentative. But certainly um, cities lose a lot of character when citizens are forced to move businesses and homes and teachers and— Uh, firefighters can't afford to live in that community Uh, you want some you want things to be rentable (laughs) trust me you do especially from the teacher on the teacher front 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air anything you want to talk about we can talk about let's talk a little bit about that uber for kids before we went to break Um, do we have time for a chat spot Okay, uh, Uber for Kids Company has secured $3.9 million in a seed round with Uber all the rage amongst ride-hailing adults. It's, you know, a little wonder that company is aiming for more specific rider children starting to gain momentum. Literally, and uh, I don't, I don't want to use the word literally because I overuse that. Um, is this a good idea? It's called HopSkip Drive, and they've pulled in some venture capital. Do we need a ride-sharing scenario for our children. Now, I think we all know some people who have kids, and, you know, they say one kid's pretty manageable. You could still have a life, you know. Your wife or your husband could have the kid during the day, and the other one could take off and go to work or what have you. Uh, Two, it starts becoming man-to-man, so one parent has to be on one kid at all time. And three, you have to start playing, like, zone, like... Hoping for the vast, as far as you know defending them, but uh, Lyft and Uber are easily dismissed as solving problems of people who are thirty five and under but people who are thirty five under are shoppers and they're retailers and they're they're buyers they drive our economy um, so you can't look at them and say you know ride sharing solutions aren't really that important. We're only solving young kids problems. But when you start putting young kids, like I, I know a person who's put their kids with an Uber driver. I'm like, that is so crazy. You know, you're sending your 10 year old kid into soccer practice with a driver that you've never met. Uh, absolutely. Everything's trackable for sure. And a lot of parents raise their kids to be smart. And they fall into a trap that they forget that he's a kid. So Hop, Skip, Drive now has this contact, context, contextual idea of parents can book rides well in advance. Apps give details on the drivers coming to collect children and show the car in motion while it's in progress. Most drivers are women with extensive child care experience. It was launched in March. Hop, Skip, Drive now has more than 100 attracted drivers. All of who go through a a huge vetting process that includes interviews, vehicle safety inspections, and background checks. HopSkip drives more established Northern California arrival shuttle has raised some twelve million dollars. Recently began running its contracted contracted drivers through TrustLine. Shuttle, um, you know, ultimately had to be issued a cease and desist order. Um, They had to maintain you know better vetting processes. Putting children with strangers like at some point in time it I think it begs the question that we as a nation have to like maybe drive our own kids to soccer practice and maybe not have someone do it for you. Maybe it's time to move out of LA or San Francisco if you can't really afford it. And afford to have time for hanging out with your kids. Maybe. So it's earning season and that's always an exciting time for me we're getting a lot of the banks today and they'll give us a pretty good you know um feel for what's happening in 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 borrowing in parts of the country later today csx is going to report numbers and that'll give us you know how business is doing in the trains are we moving a lot of cars a lot of clothes are we moving coal uh, tomorrow we get Bank of America, Delta Airlines in the morning. In the afternoon, we get Intel and Netflix. Ooh, Netflix is almost at an all-time high. Do you buy it now? Um, I think Netflix is investing for the future. So if you do, you got to buy it in the future again if the price drops. Hey, they're investing in the future. You know, orange is the new black? No. Red is the new black. They're running a lot of deficits. They're spending a lot of money. So, you don't buy it for the short term. I'm Rob Black.
1: Black online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm
2: Rob Black talking money, finance, investing, getting you to retirement, and much, much more. I'm um, me now to talk about the economy and the stock market. Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Strategist with Briefing.com. How are you, Patrick?
4: Hi Rob, I'm doing well, thanks. Be back
0: with you.
2: So, let's talk Greece and uh we finally got a deal. Can we stop talking about Greece? What do you think about the deal? What do you think about the market's reaction to the deal?
4: Yeah, well, no, you can't stop talking about Greece, unfortunately. Uh and the reaction to the to the deal is really it's the outline of a deal from what I understand. Right. I mean, there's some provisions that have been laid out, but Essentially, the creditors are still uh, suggesting to Greece that once they uh, that this is a starting point, you know. So the parliament, the Greek parliament, needs to approve these um, provisions, if you will, and then they can continue their negotiations about, you know, further bailout aid. So the issue is not going away, unfortunately. Um, you know, for us, it's 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 pretty much a, a band-aid solution. Um, you know, it probably does avert you know, the so called Grexit. Uh, but it really isn't gonna do anything to to truly help the Greek economy and there's still the factor of implementation, you know. Greece is going to if they approve if the parliament approves it, I mean they still have to institute the reforms and have to follow through on those reforms. And bear in mind this is the third bailout <laughs> for the country and uh, you're at that point because, frankly, Greece doesn't follow through on what it says it's going to do, and so I think, uh, unfortunately, everybody's still talking about Greece for a
2: while. <laughs> yeah, and it's the third bailout, and isn't it kind of a you know a thing? Uh, aren't most nations going to go this way if we continue to promise higher pensions, if we continue to spend and not have surpluses? Um, isn't it kind of Greece? Saying, "Hey, we started democracy, and look where we ended up in trouble right. financially speaking, and other nations, you're on watch."
4: Yeah, I mean, you you make the uh, Nettlesome point there, Rob, in that you know I think it's a little bit of a shot across the bow. For you know, you can boil it down into more localized issues and look at some of the the pension um, liability you know gaps that exist here in this country. Uh, you know, that there's some real issues that are, you know, that are out there that are going to come to a head. And, and the thing with Greece is that, um, you know, they, they made these promises, obviously, and they set up a pension system uh, that just isn't feasible in this in this day and age when people are, are living longer. Um, but the fact that you can go and you can retire, you know, in your early 50s and then basically live off of, you know a pension for perhaps thirty years or more um in, in a in an era where the demographics aren't supporting that uh you know that funding in other words you're not seeing you know birth rates pick up to you know bring in more eligible workers to you know help fund those pensions uh it's it just it's just not not a good system and it has come to a head here i mean Greece just cannot Make good on its promises, and it clearly needs those reforms and I think that um, you know other entities around the world and uh need to take stock of what's happening there and find a way to really you know figure out how they're going to deal with these pension liabilities because it could become a, a come to a head at some point here you know as uh, people get older in the United States, and again the dem- demographics don't uh factor all that that favorably uh at the moment so um so something certainly needs to be addressed um before you know we potentially run into a similar problem
2: just so you know if you made that same exact statement in san francisco where i work you would be considered a right-wing fascist pig who's trying to protect all of his money and (laughs) it's i get that on a regular basis just fyi um which it's, it's good living so to speak uh yeah. um, let's turn the tables now to iran the biggest thing that i'm getting out of the iran nuclear deal and i don't know the politics but the biggest thing i'm getting is that it looks like oil should be lower for a while or at least more stable going forward because if we're going to treat them like citizens of the world that's a good thing instead of enemies of the state
4: right um i agree with you i mean you know if uh if if, if we can accept that you know everyone has negotiated in good faith and that you know Iran is going to continue in good faith uh and not go down the road of trying to circumvent these agreements and still trying to you know work on developing you know nuclear weapons um it, you know they will have the uh, right to you know bring more oil into the global market um it may be a while before they can do that from what i understand i mean they have some outdated infrastructure that needs uh, updating to to bring on you know a lot more supply, but let's just say that they're able to do that uh yeah, you know it should help drive down oil prices, which you know again is, is gonna be good for uh consumers and and those businesses that rely on um you know on that commodity to run their businesses uh you know the exceptions to that probably will be these major you know integrated oil companies um where those lower prices are not going to be all that. Helpful for them, uh, and that'll trickle down into the number of the service, oil service, and oil driller, drilling companies that uh, rely on you know uh, the the capital expenditure budgets of those large integrated oil companies. But you know they're likely to be you know the the exception. But overall, uh, you know those lower prices should be good for world economic growth uh, if uh, if Iran does follow through here and we get more supply. <laughs>
2: Anything that you want to focus in on? Because I've kind of bullied the first two questions through this morning on Iran and as, well, as far as Greece go. Anything that you're paying attention to?
4: Yeah, well, you know, this I mean, this week in particular is, is chock full of uh, market-moving news, uh, potentially, anyway. Uh, you've got, you know, second quarter earnings reporting period is really kicking up this week. Uh, and then, of course, you have, you know, Fed Chair Yellen, who's going to be out <clears throat> starting tomorrow with her semi-annual testimony before um, – congress on the economy and monetary policy uh, and then there's a, a plethora of economic data which obviously as we know from the fed they'll continue to watch everything that keeps come rolling in um you know the retail sales number you got today was certainly disappointing for the month of june um and it's you know one of those data points that's you know not likely to leave the fed feeling all that confident yet about you know raising the fed funds rate so um so there's a lot that's going to be taking place this week uh, You just kind of have to i think sit back and and roll with it and see you know how it all un- unfolds but uh you know what we got out of the earnings reporting this morning was nothing spectacular from the JP Morgan and Wells Fargo and Johnson and Johnson um and we're seeing some of the effects of the of the stronger dollar there uh, come into play uh, with uh with Johnson Johnson in particular and you're likely to hear more of that as that second quarter earnings period continues
2: Let me ask you this because you brought it up, uh, nothing spectacular in revenue. We've been hearing that for a while, um, that the overall U.S. economy, uh, S&P 500 type companies have been firing people, they've been borrowing money, they've been buying back shares, they've been doing everything right except for growing revenue, Yeah. and maybe even growing earnings on some levels. Um, What's wrong, and is this eventually going to bring the market down? because you brought it up and it is a worrisome comment.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, it, it, you know, eventually at a point you, you, it it could if because, you know, you, you have to wonder, you know, how much more, you know, in terms of expenses can these companies extract from their from their businesses. Um, you know, if you keep cutting employees and then you you, you know, you have that the, the you know, that added effect of that, you know, they have lost income and that continues to you know weigh on you know spending potential and, and the like but but yeah you know profit margins are are sitting there you know near record highs right now, and uh you know if you're not getting that pick up in demand that should be showing in and stronger top line growth, these companies you know can't cut costs anymore um you you might start seeing some profit margin pressures if they try to uh you know maintain their current you know status quo at the moment but um but it's a reflection really of the fact that you're not you haven't seen uh, a strong pickup in demand uh, despite all of the policy support that's been provided around the globe um, and that's been the great hope really for this market for investors and uh, is that that demand will ultimately shine through and you'll have these companies with a very lean operating structure and that will go all the way down to the bottom line you'll see some very strong earnings growth um, And it's just not there yet, but the market keeps riding that expectation, uh, and it can as long as these policy rates stay, you know, downward.
2: Anything else that we need to focus on, anything that's caught in your uh, eyeball, so to speak?
4: Well, I said, on the heels of that last statement, I mean, we really need to be focused on what Fed Chair Yellen's going to say starting tomorrow. Um, You know, the market is hanging on her every word, and and, uh, she insinuated last week that uh, she's, you know, seems – to be inclined to think that the first rate hike will come this year. Um, And so uh, we'll be looking for some clues as to whether she thinks that will be, uh, you know, closer to the end of the year or, you know, perhaps uh, in the next uh, few months here. So uh, that could uh, create some ripples in the the market here. But uh, pay attention to what the Fed chair says, because this market has revolved around what uh, Fed policy, you know, has been, for, you know, what, over six years now, and, um, and we're going to want to hear what she has to say.
2: Real quick, we've got under 30 seconds, so it has to be real quick. Is there any chance the whole Janet Yellen and interest rates thing will play out kind of like Greece, where we talk about it, we talk about it, we talk about it, then when it hits, it's not that big of a deal? Uh,
4: potentially, as long as they don't raise rates at a very uh, rapid rate, you know.
2: Gotcha. Thanks very much. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. Smart guy, very insightful on the market. I wildly appreciate his content. I start my morning every day with it. You can find him at briefing.com.
1: Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app.
2: Again, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Um, I haven't even looked at the markets today. Isn't that kind of funny? That's uh, I'm supposed to be talking markets. I don't want you to look at the markets every day, is what it comes down to. We've got the S&P 500 up 8, the Dow up 54, the NASDAQ up 35. Micron's got a buyout buzz going on today uh from China. We're going to have to review as a country if we want that to happen and or not. largest maker of DRAM. Amazon.com is 20 years old. Um and they make no money. And it's easy while well, you could look at companies and say um, that's not good. So, investors want companies sometimes that make no money because they're trying to look to the future. Um, they're saying, okay, you can lose money, but as long as you make money down the road, if you're getting enough revenue. So, there's people in media who will come out and slam these companies that make no money because it's easy to do. How could it come to be worth $15 a $20 billion, $100 billion that's not making money? Um, and they have the right to do that, and that's fine. Uh, but that's where you kind of get caught up in it, and that's where I want you to be a little bit on the careful side of not, A, getting into herd mentality, but, B, getting into paying too much attention to financial media. Um, in the end, you do have to earn money, but not in the short term. So, a good example of that would be 96, 97, 98, 99. Uh, as far as years go, you didn't have to earn money. If you were a dot-com company, your stock probably went higher during those period, that period of time. And if you ignored that, you probably underperformed the quote-unquote indices, or you probably missed out on an opportunity um, There's a lot of people who think Bob Brinker's good at what he does. He's horrible at what he does. Uh, he's basically an infomercial, and people don't realize that. Uh, again, just because you have a radio show doesn't mean that you are good at what you do. So be cautious with that. Brinker rose to fame because he said, you know, hey, NASDAQ's, you know, I, I got a cell signal on it. And he was right. Um, in March of 2000, but he missed 96, 97, 98, 99, he missed the up. Um, he sells a newsletter that, you know, tells you how to allocate, he wasn't in it. Uh, very, very small weighting versus, you know, uh, proper S&P 500 type weighting. So, Orbit's dropping today after getting hit with a downgrade. Travel booking site was cut at UBS to a sell for neutral. Always shocking for people, right? Um, you don't get a lot of analysts who say sell. So. Analysts tend to go with neutral or buy. So, the firm that downgraded them sees antitrust concerns preventing Expedia's proposed acquisition of orbits from gaining regulators approval. Share of Expedia traded lower as well. GoPro in the news today. A Wall Street analyst gave GoPro a, a push higher. He's rating the stock an overweight from an equal weight with a price target of 65, up from $50 a share. That's 25% higher than it is today. Um, not wildly interesting, but slightly interesting. Uh, that's a stock that, in my opinion, will become too much of a commodity down the road. They're trying to say, hey, look at us. We're, we're not a commodity at all. In fact, take a look at us. Um, we're a video company. I don't think a lot of people really truly believe that. United States has visited Pluto for the first time. It took us nine and a half years, almost ten years to, to get to the planet. Um, it's the last of the or it's, is it a planet is it not a planet? Um, Pluto is one of thousands of objects in a distant region of our solar neighborhood called the Kuiper Belt, which is filled with relics of the early solar system. By studying Pluto, scientists will learn more about Earth and the rest of the solar system formed more than four billion years ago. One of the twist that I can get out of talking about NASA and NASCAR is that they've actually contributed a lot to our world. Uh, In large part you're going, how is that? Uh, They've given us things like anti-lock brakes, they've given us things like digital watches. Um, NASA had a problem with trying to figure out um, getting an accurate timepiece in space. And, well, they figured it out with a digital watch. Same could be said of NASCAR. You know, all the safety things that come out of it. Uh, Pretty impressive. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you ever want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, So don't be shy. What else do I need to throw out there for you? Probably nothing. Probably nothing. Um, Minions took down Toy Story 3. It won the Weekend Box Office. It's the second largest opening of an animated movie ever. Um, And it takes on Toy Story 3 with that news. Donald Trump got a tweet from supposed El Chapo Guzman. Basically uh, taking some heat for his derogatory comments towards Mexican immigrants. Um, Drug Lord tells you to shut up. Oof. I'd probably be quiet. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.